Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm the Sam and Sam Says, and today I'm happy to welcome Sergio Obergon, Special Assistant to the Director in the Division of Medical Eligibility at HFS. Really, what that long title means is he is our redetermination expert, and we are so excited to have him on to talk about Medicaid redeterminations here in Illinois. Sergio, welcome, my friend. That warm introduction. Uh, Really looking forward to the discussion, and again, this is a shared priority between HFS and IMHIP, so a lot of information here that we're going to be able to share today. So thanks again. Absolutely, and I love that. It is a shared priority. It is a shared focus. I say this all the time when we talk about redeterminations, and we'll you know, dive into it further, but it's something that doesn't really rest in a silo. It's going to require all of us to get this right. It's going to require HFS, DHS, IMHIP, the Medicaid plans, our Medicaid providers, our community-based organizations, our Medicaid members, um, and, and you know, even our elected officials all really working and pulling together to pull off this Herculean task. And um, it's something that I know that you are talking about every day. I know that I am talking about every day. But before we sort of like dive in, Can we just sort of level set for everybody who maybe isn't as much of a Medicaid nerd as the two of us, um, and just sort of like an overview of Medicaid redeterminations? Like, what are they, and sort of where are we here in Illinois? Um, You know, first off, I want to say, you know, it is going to take everyone, right, to ensure that people continue to stay connected to care. And you mentioned a large group of individuals, a large group of agencies, a large group of uh, folks that are connected to the Medicaid customer in some way, shape, or form. And so Medicaid redeterminations are basically the rescreening of individuals, families, right, that determine whether or not they can continue to receive Medicaid benefits. And screening is based off of household size, who's in the home, who may have left the home, and income, just to name a couple of factors there. And yearly, pre, pre-pandemic, yearly, everybody had to do this. And now that the public health emergency has ended, well, now we have to start that redetermination process again through that rescreening to identify whether or not they can continue to receive Medicaid benefits or not. And that's the task before us. And I love the way you said it, re-screening. It's just making sure that everybody meets those requirements. Obviously, um, Medicaid is an income-based eligibility program. And so the department has to make sure that people who are on it are eligible, both and the income requirements and thresholds change based off of family size. And so that's why, you know, you're looking at family size and who's in the home and income. And to your point, Sergio, this was done every year and we never made a big, I don't know, hoopla about it. But when you haven't done it for three years, all of a sudden the size of the program and the amount of people who have to go through it is is three times larger 
um, or, you know, it's just much, much larger. And then it feels like the stakes are higher because we're talking about more family members, more neighbors, more community members that have to go through this process. And, you know, I always say that Medicaid members, they're, they're people and they get health care where anybody else gets health care. You know, they go to, you know, the, the regular doctors, they go to the hospitals, you know, behavioral health centers, all of that. And so if they were to lose coverage and become unconnected with healthcare, either, you know, not connecting through the exchange or open enrollment or lose Medicaid, you know, and they end up uninsured, that puts a strain on the system collectively. And so it not only impacts the individuals and the families that are, could stand to lose coverage or lose that connection to healthcare. I love the way you said that, Sergio. But it also impacts the entire healthcare ecosystem at a time when that ecosystem is strained. I mean, we I don't know that we go a day without hearing about, you know, the workforce challenges in healthcare. And so getting this right is paramount. And HFS and all of us, but real HFS for sure is taking this really seriously. And, and you have a lot going on with regards to, you know, outreach activities and campaigns. Can you talk about what you're doing as a state and sort of the success you're seeing so far and the lessons you've learned? Yeah, I think you, I think you laid it out well, that it is an ecosystem. And I think that really conveys the message that you were giving earlier in the introduction around it's going to take everyone to activate systems in order to keep people connected to care. And I mentioned this earlier, one of our shared priorities with IMPIV and others who, who are connected to the, our Medicaid customers is that we are committed to ensuring that everyone who is eligible maintains their coverage. And those that are no longer eligible know how to connect to other coverage. Again, top priority. And we are at a very critical time right now as we begin to, as we are expected to begin to see some definitive renewal numbers, for example, for the month of June. And when we think about what we're doing currently as an agency, well, last year, Sam, uh, in anticipation of the end of the public health emergency, we began a push to encourage customers to update their contact information that we had on file with the, pro with the Medicaid program. We asked them to do this immediately because that information of where they are is so critical to us. As you heard me mention earlier, this happens on a yearly basis, but everything has a timeline. Time-sensitive redetermination materials are mailed to customers, and we need to make sure that we're able to communicate with them, either it be through mail or messaging that we're providing on how they can continue to stay connected to care via Manage My Case, which is our online um, uh, case management system for customers who have Medicaid and SNAP and, and cash assistance, for example. And it's all through aid.illinois.gov. And so it's really important to understand, too, that, you know, HFS and our MCO partner, Sam, which you know very well, have been conducting large amounts of targeted outreach to customers in order to encourage everyone who is due to renew their benefits, that they need to do so, that they need to take action. Now, not everybody needs to take action, but there's a large part of our customers on a monthly basis that do need to 
supply necessary verification and get those that information back to us. So there is some tasks that we're asking customers to do, which is why we've activated our partners, such as our MCOs, to really get out there in front of the customer, encourage them by connecting with them and explaining the importance of that process. I also want to highlight, too, that earlier this spring, Sam, you know, prior to the end of the, of the, of the public health emergency, um, you know, we launched a campaign. Our campaign was called Ready to Renew. Get ready to renew. And this is, this is, again, a multifaceted advertising and outreach campaign to reach all of our customers. And this was to let them know that if they need to renew their coverage, how to make that happen, how they can connect to someone, to us, to make that happen. And so, you know, lastly, you know, we've, we've done a lot of work in encouraging our partners and our MCOs, but more importantly, our customers to look at to go to our website, medicaid.illinois.gov, where we have a toolkit that can be used um, to, to find information that can be disseminated to customers that's going to, again, keep them informed on the steps they need, they need to take to stay connected to care. So, you know, in a nutshell, Sam, you know, we've done a lot of work around, around marketing and outreach and I want to call out, you know, some really good work that was done between MCOs and HFS in creating a uniform message, right, that was going to go out to customers, to MCO members, that at the end of the day, the message was, get ready to renew. I love that, Sergio. And really, you know, we point to that uniform messaging, um, constantly, regularly. And we refer our providers to it. We refer community-based organizations to it because it can feel confusing. As a human being, it can feel sort of confusing, especially because if you think about it, this hasn't happened for three years. Members have come on during those three years. So for some of them, they've literally never done this. And so the fact that we're going through it now and they've never done it and, it, you know, it can just feel like a lot. And so the more that we are consistent, HFS is consistent with their marketing and messaging, the health plans, the MCOs are consistent with their messaging and communication. The doctor's office is consistent. The hospital is consistent. The behavioral health center is consistent. And they're hearing it across the board. And so whoever's talking to the press, who's ever sending a letter or sending a text or making a phone call or just a sign at registration when you go to your doctor's office, if they see it again and again and again, when that envelope shows up at their door, they'll be ready. And that's what I think is really important. I also think that when we sort of think of this complex item, you know, redetermination, um, rescreening, I like how you called that, Sergio, it, it can feel complex, but we can break it down into three steps. One, make sure that HFS has your updated address. There are a few ways to do this. We'll put it in the, the podcast description, um, but make sure HFS knows where to mail your information. Two, know your redetermination date. Know when that information is coming because gosh, 
life comes at you fast, doesn't it? And we all get busy and we all get distracted and the mail is funny. And so if you know your redetermination date, you know when to look out for this very important letter. Three, send in your information as soon as possible when it is your time to renew. We highly recommend doing that through Manage My Case, which is online, but there are other ways you could do it too, including phone call, fax, and mail. So three steps, update your address, know your date, send in your information when it's your time. We'll put those three simple steps and the links to update your address and manage my case in the podcast description. But I think taking this sort of complex idea, breaking it down, having that simple messaging is really important and really something that HFS has done to make sure that all of the partners involved in this can be successful. You said that there, Sam, in terms of those three steps, right? If we can have our customers follow those three steps, if we can have our community-based organizations assist their, assist their neighbors, assist the folks that they interact with on a daily basis in following those three steps, if our MCO partners can convey that message of here are these three steps you need to take as a member in order for you to retain coverage, then it's going to be very clear the opportunity that's going to arise in terms of us being able to see the data of individuals who are submitting their paperwork, right, who are submitting their redetermination for that rescreening. Now, it's also important to say that not everybody who resubmits their, their, uh, their paperwork, right, might not, they, they might not be eligible, which is, again, why we want to make sure we're connecting them to, to the marketplace or giving them, giving them guidance on, what they should do if they're employed, how to seek that healthcare, uh, healthcare through their employer, right? But what we also want to look at is an opportunity as we get redeterminations in, or if we don't get redeterminations in, where are we getting those redeterminations in from? Where are we not getting them from? What areas of the state? And we want to use that opportunity. The, the opportunity comes from looking at that data and really crunching it and seeing Right? What are the resources that we have that we can deploy? Looking at our marketing. Should we market more here? Should we market more there? Looking at our outreach. How do we get more outreach? And how do we work with our community-based organizations more so they can become, uh, quote, unquote, our Medicaid ambassadors through the HFS application agent program that we have? That's actually going through a reformat here, Sam, that I could talk about for another two hours if we had the time. And then last but not least, one of the one of the opportunities that comes about is really working with our health plans, our MCOs, and we're sharing data with them, and we're having discussions on this on a weekly basis. And you know that, Sam, and talking about where are the deficits, but where are the things that are working, happening, and how can we replicate that throughout the state? With the caveat, though, Sam, that not every customer is alike. Every customer and every part of the state has different circumstances that they go through that may limit their ability to submit a reading or that may make it easier for them to submit a reading. So we really have to look at that through the lens of equity and say, how are we ensuring that we're deploying the right amount of resources, but not only the right amount, but the correct resources to the areas where we might see where we might see a little bit of a deficit in people returning and participating in the redetermination process. And so, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of work and I, I want to, 
highlight one last thing here, Sam, in terms of, you know, deploying resources and strategies, you know, uh, our federal partner, CMS, you know, we're on calls with them weekly as well. And, you know, they've been, they've been instrumental in helping us understand what strategies are available that are governed by law that we can partake in. And they've consistently come at us with new strategies. And they've, in essence, put together a list of menu items that we can pick and choose from. And I will be very candid on this one and say we are deploying quite a, quite, uh, quite a large amount of those strategies. And we're doing so because we know that, again, our top priority and our shared responsibility here, Sam, I think is a really good way of looking at this, is that we're here to minimize the people who lose coverage, if they're still eligible, of course. One of the things that CMS has told us is that, and they've been saying this for the past several months, which is why we're looking at our HFS application agent program and why we're looking at more in-depth work with our MCOs to get into the community. But CMS has told us community-based organizations, they are on the front line. They are in front of your customers daily at the rec center, at the school level, at the, at the program that is in, that is bringing in people to assist them with gas and light assistance, right? And they've said, activate those resources, which is what you, which is what you heard me say earlier. How do we create Medicaid ambassadors to be out in the community to help disseminate that three-pronged approach that you mentioned earlier, right? What, uh, update your address, get your paperwork, and submit it listening to our federal partners, taking that information in, looking at our strategy. And now that we're going to start seeing some data come in, how do we reimagine some of these strategies to really focus on those hard-to-reach areas, those most vulnerable areas, but also learning from where things are working and where we are successful? Oh, I love that, Sergio. I think it's so important to underscore Look, we've worked hard. We've worked collectively. You know, we, we've had many, many, many conversations like Sergio has said weekly. But, you know, we started talking, we started raising this two years ago. Once we sort of surpassed that one year mark, we knew collectively this is going to be a big lift whenever it gets turned back on. And we didn't know when it was. And we surely didn't know it was going to take, you know, we were going to be in this space in a public health emergency for three years. So we knew it was going to be a big task. We've worked together. We've come up with, you know, messaging and strategies, but we also haven't done it right. Or, you know, we're just at the precipice, just at the beginning of the work that we're doing. And what's really important is that we just collectively admit we've done our best. We're going to deploy all the strategies we've thought of, and then we're going to monitor it. And we're going to see what, what outreach is working. How are people returning their paperwork? Are there geographic areas that need more help or more focus? Um, are there areas where we're really knocking it out of the park and we figure out, well, what are we doing there? And we're going to tweak as we go through this. And that is that is good. That means we're learning. That means we're being responsive. This process should be iterative. And, and that's our collective goal is to, as we go through this, to adjust, to pivot, to learn from our practices um, 
and to learn from other states. Like one of the things I love that CMS is doing is really, you know, they're going to publish, I think soon, information from other states as well. So then we'll know, okay, you know, state XYZ is rocking it on this. Let's connect with that state. Let's connect with the plans in that state to learn from them. Um, or maybe it's Illinois. And, it, I, you know, I think I think compared to some of what we've seen early on from some other states, I suspect Illinois, you know, obviously is going to be one of those success stories, I hope. And so, you know, what best practices can we share? And I just love that we both at the plan side, at the state, just acknowledge that we're going to learn from our results. We are going to tweak and, and this is iterative. And the goal is to keep the member connected, whether that's to Medicaid or another form of insurance. That is our goal. We have seen some of the lowest uninsurance rates here in Illinois throughout this process. And we want to continue to be that shining light and make sure people have access to healthcare. And, and I think collectively with our provider partners, with our community-based partners, we can do that. And so Sergio, I am just so glad for your time today, but then also for your time um, and commitment to this issue, you know, holistically. Uh, for those of you who don't have the joy of working with Sergio as often as I do, you have a real passionate, compassionate, energized um, person at the state really focused on redetermination and Sergio and, and, and everybody at the Department of Healthcare and Family Services. And so we're just so grateful for your passion and compassion and your continued time focusing on this important issue. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know, this this is something that means a lot personally to me, knowing, you know, that I've had some personal experiences, not myself, but, you know, people around me. And I want to give a shout out to the team that works on this daily, all of HFS, Director Eagleson with the vision of how do we make, how do we build integrity to our customer service process in the most equitable of ways that will continue to keep people connected to care, right? And that really resonates throughout the conversations that I have among the different uh, bureaus that exist within HFS. And so a lot of it couldn't be done without the collective effort. And I think, Sam, you honed right in on it earlier at the top of the, at the, top of the hour. You know, it takes a village. And it's going to take a village to keep people connected externally. Taking the village to keep people connected internally. And I'm going to say one last time to get the message out of keeping people connected to care. So thank you so much, Sam, for the opportunity. I look forward to any future opportunities to help shed some light on any other topics you might have uh, related to redetermination or eligibility with respect to the Medicaid program. So thank you. Thank you so much, Sergio. And we'll end. Normally, I have a whole plug and, and I'll do all that, but I'm just going to remind everybody of the three steps for redetermination. Update your address, find out your redetermination date, 
and then send in your paperwork when it's time to renew. We'll include those three steps in the podcast description to learn more about what I'm Hips doing on this and then also what HFS is doing. You know, go to our website, of course, imhip.org. We link to the HFS website. Also, really want to encourage you more than before and more than normal. Follow us on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and follow HFS on social media too. They're sharing this information too. It's a nice, easy way to share it with your friends and family. These are great resources. So definitely we want to get the word out. Of course, um, I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the Sam and Sam says, and I really want to thank you for joining us. And until next time, be well and stay safe.